Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you explore the inner lives of Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. I'm Tamia Stinson of thestylesample.com, and I'm here today with Rosie Kovacs of Brush Factory. How you doing, Rosie? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for, for coming me. down. It's been been good. I'm so excited. I, yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about um, Brush Factory and BFF. Um, but initially, because I believe we met back in, ooh, I don't know exactly Probably what year that 2008 was. 2008 or 2009. Oh, don't say that. Was it that long ago when you guys opened? Y- yeah. And, oh, oh Well, no, no, no. Maybe more like 2010. Okay. Because yeah, we started in 2009, and we didn't open our first retail location in the one in Oakley that you went to until 2010. No, but the one that was in uh, Brighton. Brighton. You were there. I remember yeah, that. That too. was 2009. Yeah. That was, oh gosh. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> where, does <the> time, <laughs> where does the time go? Yeah. Okay, so tell me a little bit about where you got started uh-huh. from that point and then how you got to where you are now. Okay, that's a really long story, but I'll try <laughs> to make it um, to the point. Okay. Uh, 2009, I graduated college. I was a fashion major. My partner uh, had already graduated from design school as well. Uh, We went to the University of Cincinnati. He was an industrial design major. I was a fashion major. And we really wanted to combine craft and design Mm -hmm. under one roof. Okay. Uh, We were not business majors. We were art and design majors, Uh so that's very different. Uh, We were... um, really sure what we were getting into, but we were like, this is all we really, really, we really want to do this. You got to try it. We gotta, That's how you yeah. learn. Well, if we don't try it now, we'll never do it. There you go. So we dove right in <laughs> and it was great. It was great. It I remember the really space great. There it was, was so much energy yeah. and we were so bright eyed and bushy tailed <laughs> and we had a lot of support from our friends and family and um, long story short, uh, we ended up opening up a second location that was outside of the studio. So the the model in the very beginning was a studio that doubled as a retail location Mm -hmm. because it was in an area that was off the beaten path and um, there just was no foot traffic really. So it was our studio as well. We had a sewing studio and a wood shop and Hayes and I worked on kind of, I would say that we worked on projects Separately, but consulted with one another. Okay. Um, he was woodworking upstairs right. on his own projects, and I was making clothing downstairs. And um, that led to us having our own retail, another retail location in Oakley mm-hmm. to do more sales. I remember it was like upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, we found a place on Madison, uh, second level, second story little place, uh, 700 square feet, I believe. It was very tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, Very well curated, though. Thank you. I will say that. that your design aesthetic has always been, like, true to itself. Thanks. I, I don't know if that. you knew that's what you were doing, <laughs> but that's what you were doing. I hear I'm, I hear I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we carry a lot of local designers. Um, I got a lot of inspiration and, and used a lot of resources from DAP as well. Um, so we did, like, stuff on consignment, and, and it really became a place of homewares and fashion. And I was doing alterations and custom garment making. We did some, yeah. We were just talking about the pants a couple the weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have a few of my pairs. We were like, oh, we should have got some pants. <laughs> well, they were cheap. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, we've we've come a long way since then, but that's really where the birth of the home interior thing ah, started. Okay. Uh, Hayes and I started working on projects together, and we came coming up. We came up with some designs together that really um, married the two worlds quite nicely. Uh, a little, a little further down the road, that was a really bad time. That was in the middle of the recession. Right, right. Really poor timing. Mm-hmm. No, it was before Etsy was really a thing. It was before me, people even knew what the term maker meant. That it's wasn't so weird a term to think back on those times, given mm-hmm. how much things have changed now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So we were just a little ahead of the curve too much, <laughs> and the timing was pretty bad. And our location was a second level, so and there was construction outside. There were a lot of things against us, but we put, pulled through for a year and decided that we were going to learn how to do wholesale. Hmm. So we took everything um, online, curated our first real like collection of things, really, uh, figured out what it meant to wholesale, and started building relationships with boutiques all over the country. How so did you still, do that? Uh, just, just reaching out, yeah. Via just reaching email out, or? yeah. And people would organically find us, find uh-huh. us. Um, we, yeah, put out some press releases. I, I think that even though I don't really know much about SEO, somehow people were finding <laughs> us. Um, I'm learning more about it. Oh yeah. But at the time, that was not the case. And we did have an Etsy store. We finally mm-hmm. did that too. So we got some press through their blog oh, as well. Cool. Um, and yeah, we, so we, we learned about wholesale and retail that way. And uh, I have schooled loans, so yeah, <laughs> I basically took a back seat for a while. Got a job working at Artworks, and then Hayes sort of took the took the reins and really um, honed in on what is now brush factory so basically we were he was building a lot more and more custom pieces for people and that sort of just I guess you could say that was most of our revenue was got coming it. from that so got we it. decided to focus, focus on, on that, that. Yeah. Um, it just made good business sense and um, he was getting better and better at it and it was like fun to do these projects that people you know took seriously and really wanted so probably 2013 we were still doing our wholesale stuff and uh, focusing mostly on our on the custom work. Uh, I was learning a lot at working at Artworks, expanding my network, uh, learning administrative stuff, project management stuff. Project so management. It was is a really great learning experience for yeah. me because um, I had never worked in an office before, other than my internships throughout college. So I oh, did. Right. I did. I did have some professional experience in college, but I was just an intern. Right. But I did work from everywhere from Abercrombie and Fitch in, in Albany, New Albany, Ohio, to, uh, let's see, Old Navy in San Francisco. I worked for um, this very small, I guess she was like a graphic design and prints and patterns for children's wear in New York City and costume shop at CCM. I really wanted a, ra- a range. Okay. So I did have a range of experience, but um, never professionally after college. Right. So the artworks experience was great for me because I learned so much about myself and how to project manage. Fast forward a little bit, I went back to work with Hayes full-time. We made the plunge. Uh, we felt like business was in a good, good oh. space for us, to, for me to come back. So I've been with Hayes full-time for about two years, and it's been 
great. <laughs> it's been really great. Yeah. What do you think caused the, was there a turn? Like, was it the economy that you think kind of was kind of I on the up and up and caused learned, the change? I think we just organically got more efficient how to, how to plan okay. where we wanted our business to grow. Uh, to grow okay. And um, just being more strategic about what we did. Mm-hmm taking our experiences, learning from it, and then deciding, being more strategic and decisive uh, rather than just, like, kind of on a whim making something mm-hmm. for for ourselves, really. <laughs> Sometimes people make Which products still, that are just, like, what they think is great, yeah. but we are learning that that is not necessarily <laughs> the way you should do things. Always have a market in mind. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm sure you want to know a little bit about Big Pitch. Yeah, because that was, well, that was big. Ha-ha. It was cool. I was at the actual event yeah. last year, and I remember Hayes got up and gave the presentation. and was That like was a super, wild ride. He was super uh, calm and very assured. It was just super, it was very straightforward. This is what we're doing. This is what we want to do. You like it? Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we practiced so really. Much. Oh, good yeah. for you. Which is what you know what when I, when we were there, and we we were the first ones to present. Yeah, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say we hazed it. I don't <laughs> publicly speak like that. Um, you were supporting. I was supporting. I had my brush factory jumpsuit on. <laughs> um, we were first to go and then we sat back and listened to everybody else and I was just like man we we practice and Mm -hmm. I think I think that's when I was reflecting afterwards I was like I think that really paid off because we we just wanted to make sure we went up there with a plan you know and like same with the business same kind of with the business yeah exactly we were like okay let's not wing it let's have a plan right there is a reason we're up here and let's not waste the opportunity Uh and take it seriously and it paid off paid off we practiced every night for like well we had a great mentor bob bonder from rangeist was oh, our mentor okay. he was just so down to earth and had already i mean i think he had pitched he probably pitches to investors all the time right so so he knows the deal yeah and he just really helped his and i hone in on what exact the key points hmm. for each slide what we needed to do that's really helpful because you had a limited amount of time to speak we had we had exactly Five minutes, okay. which was the hardest part, is getting it under that five it all down. Yeah. yeah, and you ask anyone that did that thing, they will say the same thing. Uh huh. It's so hard, especially to when get it's something out. you're passionate about. Like you want yeah. to talk about it all. Yeah, can't talk about it all. And you want, and then you go off on tangents. Right. And yeah. So that was the hardest part about it, and um, just making sure you hit all those key points mm-hmm. and hit the the points that the particular people in the audience want Care to hear about. too. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So you're really talking to two people. You're talking, or three, you're talking to people that are investing uh, financially. Mm-hmm. You're talking to your potential customer, all the people in the audience. Right. And you're talking to your friends and your, your community. So you want to make sure you touch on that part too. And uh, I think he just nailed it. He was, he was really good, and he was calm. He likes public speaking. He used to be a musician, so he's used to being on stage, uh, too. okay. I figured yeah. there had to be something about because <laughs> nobody likes public speaking. He likes it. He Actually, it's funny. He, made, he mentioned uh, yesterday, I think maybe we got an Artworks email in our inbox or something, and he's like, man, I want to do big pitching. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that again. So how was that process? Like, when you initially decided to go for it in the first place, I guess? Mm-hmm. What was it that made you want to do that? Well, 
campaign besides I, the money. Since I worked at Artworks, I was very familiar with the okay. process, so okay. it didn't didn't intimidate me like I think it did intimidate a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I remember the um, Caitlin Beal, who was a real um, crucial person on that project. Mm-hmm. She remembers hearing a lot of feedback from the community that it was just uh, a little scary, a scary to apply if you're a you know sole business owner. I can see and, that for sure. Um, so I think that because I had a understanding of what we were getting into based on what I saw. Not that I was intimately involved with it. I just saw it from my desk right. and like people coming in and out of the office. But I think I just felt like a little bit more uh, I, like I understood the level that, of complication and mm. what it was going to be like. So, And what was the application process like? So you literally fill out an application. Yeah, yeah. It was very easy. You just go online and you fill out the application and then um, it's very simple questions assuming you know what you want to do right. for your business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the basics, really. And then um, you f- submit a video. iPhone video. Oh. Really super simple. Okay. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. Just talking about Yeah, so they want to see how comfortable you are on camera. Oh, okay. Because they did come in and film us while we were working to help promote Big Pitch and just, like, get your story out there. Got it. Yes, they want to see how comfortable you are speaking to people about your business and about yourself and um, how comfortable you are on camera. So we just did, I think I did like a, I didn't do an iPhone, but I just like set up an I, a tripod and mm-hmm. he sat in a chair and asked him questions. <laughs> it was really quite simple. Um, and then they pair you with a mentor. You don't have any say in the mentor, right? You don't. However, I think they actively try to match you with someone who they think would be a good match based on your application. Uh-huh. So it's not a random draw of a hat by any stretch. Right. They do take some time to take that into consideration. Um, our mentor, Bob, had some background in, what was it, furniture furniture sales, like contract furniture oh, okay. sales or something. Yeah, that applies. So there, there was some connection there, uh-huh. absolutely. Um, and then we also had a, a banking mentor and... Was another one too, but maybe that was through Score. I'm thinking of another guy we had too. <laughs> We've been through a lot of Score advisors too. It's a great resource. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Just when we were just like, yeah. So, um, yeah. It was we we got our mentor, and then there's a nine week. It's a nine week session. And are these classes? They're not classes. So it really, it is you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. So you meet. They encourage you to meet once a week with mm-hmm. your your mentor, and then um, as well as your financial mentor, and you build your business plan. We basically like tightened ours up, okay, and we really wanted to have a collection, our you know our line, our product line, because at this point we were doing custom only. Oh, it was only custom, right? So we had most of my our entire focus was primarily on custom furniture and fixtures for commercial spaces, mm-hmm. some cabinet cabinets, case goods. And um, we really are just trying to get out, of, not get out of the custom world, but um, it's easier when you have a designed product. R&D that goes into something is a yeah. lot of work. Yeah, okay. And doing that over and over and over with custom work is tiresome, and not everybody wants to pay for that R and D. Right. So it gets it's challenging. It's really challenging. So we and we wanted to 
really launch a real product line this time, like fully thought through. It was great because he had, he, Bob, our mentor, had already gone through these steps many times. So he was able to like help us. He was able to extract the yeah the fundamentals from us so that we could <laughs> so that we could see it and see why we were in business, where we wanted to go, and he helped us make a really like concise plan for the next one, two, five years. So that extraction process was what led you to BFF? Pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, throughout the last before before big pitch and everything, we had done a lot of reflecting mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out why we were in business and what we were doing and what our real purpose is. And um, yeah, I think Bob Bob helped us articulate that on paper so that we had yeah. like a, a map, a road map no, to totally figure out sense. why we were doing what we were doing and where we really wanted to go. And, and having a product line was really something that we feel strongly about, not only because it's more efficient, but we really wanted our friends and family to be able to buy our products. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many times we've heard people like, oh, I love you guys, I love you guys, like, but they just, people don't understand custom at all. It's too intimidating. Like, there's no, no. people think it's completely inaccessible. No right. <laughs> So it was our way of trying to figure out um, how to make design accessible, if, if, there's, if that's a, way, a good way of no, describing totally it. No, that makes sense. We are slowly building our first product line, Brush Factory Furniture. I mean, I've seen pictures. It looks like it's built. I have I have a piece, just FYI. Oh, that's Because right. <laughs> I won that table. I need to get a picture from, of that. Oh, you do? I Yeah, I want to see what it looks like in your house. Oh, so it goes with absolutely nothing in my apartment. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Smurf blue and everything I have is neutral. <laughs> wow, that's funny. So I use it as like a display table for clothing, accessories, and shoes in my oh, little okay. closet area. Nice. So it's like a little... It's my way of merchandising my stuff. Okay. And do you have your own, like, vanity closet? Like, walk-ins? You would. What happened was... (laughs) (laughs) I converted the part of my living room that I think is supposed to be a dining nook Mm -hmm. into an accessory closet. Nice. Because I didn't have anywhere else from my shoes. They just wouldn't fit anywhere else. That was it. Nice. (laughs) So it's in that area. So I, I really like it. It's very well made. I've... Definitely. I've taken it on a couple different road trips, actually. Uh, I used it at City Free in my friend's booth once. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. So I can testify that it's durable. Awesome. Because it's been in my car a couple times. Um, but I'm curious about... Um, Let me just clarify that it's Smurf Blue because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Why? Because <laughs> I was looking at the other samples and everything is like yeah. neutrals. Right. So we offer four finishes. Yours is blue because we did a... Um, uh, content was it? What would you call that? Um, draw a prize, door prize, a door prize yeah. for, during our launch party at Victor Athletics. Yeah, which was part of the Noble Denim line, and so we wanted blue to do jeans. blue because there everything there is indigo dye. Uh-huh. We were originally thinking about doing like a real indigo dip dye with the wood, but I've done I've experimented with that before, and it's. It's not the easiest, so we were just like, let's just black her at blue. Okay. That didn't even occur to me. Yeah. It was totally blue because it was a a collaboration (laughs) between Victor Athletics, Noble Denim, and BFF. Okay. Well, see, now that makes more sense. Yeah. Now I get it. I can't believe that never came up. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
so yeah, we don't have blue tables to offer anyone right now, but Sorry, that's guys. not to say <laughs> we wouldn't do it for you. <laughs> I also really love the table at uh, People's Liberty. Yeah, we designed their kitchen. Um, well, I guess you could call it an island. It's yeah. like a Parson style table. Yeah. But it's on one side. It's counter height. Right. And on one and it's nine feet. It's long. huge. It's huge. And on one side it has cabinets on the inside. So yeah. like the side where you where you would be standing at the sink if you turn around there's storage. It's pretty cool. I love Glass that table. on the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. nice. It's, it's fun. We've had requests from other people a bit from that. Like just being online. Uh-huh. Yeah. So has the custom part of the business influenced what you guys decided to make for the ready-made BFF line? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've had a lot of time to experiment what works, what doesn't work. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it has. I wouldn't say that we've, we've done any custom work that are like those in particular, mm-hmm. but bits and pieces. Okay. Yeah. There are similarities for efficiencies, but none of them are exactly like custom pieces. Okay. Usually custom is like, it's custom for a reason. They want it to be like crazy. Something different. Yeah. 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 So speaking of efficiencies, after winning the big pitch, and you guys won both the, I forget what, the main pitch. Am I making that up? Uh, Okay, so it was, um, let me think about this. Judge's choice and audience choice. There you go. Judges totally choice and audience 20, choice. 20,000. Yeah, so that was like was a big awesome. fat check to yeah, take home. really cool. Then what? <laughs> you got all this money and you're like, okay, until now, had you already talked about how you would allocate it prior to the contest? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and during the contest, we were pretty clear about how we were going to do that. I mean, we spent a little on yeah, you're um, right. That was the product, the like the development of the product line, mm-hmm. making the samples, um, taking photographs of the samples. So we hired a photographer to do that. The studio um, shots look amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, we're lucky enough to have our own photo studio in the warehouse, which is great. cheating. Really great. <laughs> you should come over sometime. I should. <laughs> um, and. We worked with a local agency that did all of the um, all the media for the big pitch, mm-hmm. like all the graphic design and branding for them. Mm-hmm. We used them for our oh, BFF line. Oh, okay. Cosette. I was wondering about that. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, They're on, so we, I passed them on Garfield Park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So we had them do our branding. We, did, we got a photographer. Um built pieces what else I mean we had to like work on marketing stuff Mm -hmm. too and just like it all and it all kind of came together pretty fast and then we got an opportunity to have the showroom so that was not in the plan oh oh that was not part of the plan not part of the plan it totally came up out of the blue which was an awesome did they find you through big pitch though it's possible okay I'm not really sure um he didn't say he didn't say but he I did get a call from 3CBC and they were just like hey we have the space during Christmas are you interested and I said heck yeah uh-huh. yes please <laughs> um, which was great it was a really good opportunity to test the local market yeah and um, I mean you were getting face to face feedback from absolutely, potential customers yeah. it was it was it couldn't have asked for a better experience so that was that was really right on and um, I would say a lot of our big pitch money went to that store. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> building okay. out the store. Yeah. Doing the branding and building out the okay. store. I mean, it looked good, so it, it was great. It was worth it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, I went into the whole thing with the mindset of brand awareness. I wanted to really have get some brand awareness 
during the holiday season. I knew people weren't going to be buying my dining ta- dining room tables right. for Christmas. For your I mean, people kids are, Christmas present. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I went into it with the mindset of just like, this is completely no, that totally marketing makes and advertising for us. And getting direct feedback from people, and we did. We did sell some. We did sell some pieces, cool. uh, which was really exciting. It yeah. was great. It worked, uh, which was just like firsthand proof that if we had a store, it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> so, if somebody does want a piece, how does that work? Uh, all of our pieces are on our website now. Uh-huh. Um, it's all made to order. Okay. Lead time is four to six weeks. Okay. Like I said, we have four finishes. It's really as simple as buying anything online. You just go on our website. Pick what you want. Mm-hmm. We have we offer free delivery, in-home delivery. It's, everything's blanket wrapped for all forty-eight states. So how logistically? How we have we found a really great delivery oh, service. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, it does. The trade-off is it takes a little longer. So our business model is direct consumer at this moment, and we did that because we wanted to be able to offer something a little more affordable and a little more accessible. We don't stock any inventory. We do everything made to order, so you're kind of in line as as oh, okay. things as it's people like a first order. come first serve type of situation. Sorta, yeah, and depending on how busy we are, mm-hmm. but but four to six weeks, we've never ever gone over that. It's <laughs> it's we it's pretty dialed in. And then you have a wonderful table that'll last you an entire lifetime. <laughs> you can pass to your kids. So all these people who are getting these wonderful tables delivered within let's say seven weeks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how are they finding out about it? I try to make content that's like for a reason and like worth reading and opening. Um, So I do a newsletter, try try to about once a month. Uh, We have fun stuff like BFF mixes. I don't know if you're familiar with Uh this. So a friend of mine is a DJ and he... Uh, curated all the music for our pop-up showroom, and I was like, hey, this is really fun. This is, let's continue this. So it was just kind of on a whim, but it worked. So we do <laughs> have those on the website for fun. We have some features that we're writing, um, like blog-style features okay. that are a little bit more about why we do what we do. Um, I plan on doing more this year with like interior design. I want to get more into um, ideas and advice for people for their homes. Yeah, and we already are doing design. Uh, we ha- we offer design services. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, we do, but I don't advertise it too much because I don't want to, like, <laughs> overwhelm myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I do have quite a few clients where I do, like, I'll, I'll purchase furniture for them. Oh, and, like, that's pull cool. together a room or pull together, like, for offices and stuff. I'm working on a retail store right now, actually, downtown. This is a good example. So um, it's somebody, it would be for someone who doesn't really think that they need to hire an interior designer. Like, that's a little much, but I have all these Pinterest boards. I want to get my life together, you know? I, like, just need to... Just some way to kind of consolidate the vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, someone to help you find all those things, to really pull it together. Okay. I think that there is a niche for just assisting people with sort of like in between yeah it's not full-on design mm-hmm. services but it's just like helping you bring your pinterest board to life right, right. you know what yeah. i mean yeah that totally makes sense i mean it sounds like you're doing a lot already you're saying that you're writing blog posts and sending out newsletters and uh, see, my yeah my job <laughs> primarily is marketing and sales and project management okay but it's really just Hayes and I. So he's on production. He's in the floor. He's in... Does he have help? I feel bad. Why? <laughs> I'm like, I know how to use a... He loves it. I'm like, I know how to use a screwdriver and a hammer. 
That's I it. don't know if he ever uses those. See? See? That's <laughs> okay, well, never mind, man. Screw it. There goes my you can second help me. job. I do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Sign up for my newsletter so you can help out when we uh, start our campaign to do to open up our store. I'm really excited. Okay, I am too now. Do you have yeah. any ideas about where you would want it to be? Yes. But I will And? I can't disclose that yet. All right. But it'll be um, accessible for sure. Okay. Yeah. It'll be right in the heart of it all. It's going to be fun. But we don't have solid plans yet, so I right. can't say a whole lot. It's still in the works. Yeah, That's it's still in the works. But it's something to look forward to, and it's something that I'm really, really passionate about and excited about, getting to talk with all of the people in the community about their homes and mm-hmm. how to you know, make design a part of their life. And I really want to make design something that is not intimidating or mm-hmm. scary to people because it's really not... Um, there's just misconceptions about it. I agree. It doesn't have to I be agree. like that. It's, and even the little things can brighten your day a little bit. Really, there's little things that could just make the big difference in how you look at it. And speaking of little things that make a big difference, I usually like to end the podcast talking to people about a moment that has sparked joy um, in the past week or so. And actually, I unexpectedly went to... Uh, dance party. I don't know what to call it. I went to the club, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Over the weekend. I missed that one. And I was not expecting it. And it turned out to be like a cross between a high school reunion and old days at Golden Skates. And I danced nice. my butt off all night. And it has been so long since I did Golden that. Golden Skates. Felt, yes, I yes. love that place. <laughs> I did too. And it just felt really good to be out dancing and maybe drink a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which always helps. Uh, so that was like an unexpected moment that I had a lot of fun with. That's great. Um, dancing is, dancing is such a joy of mine. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it feels great. Yes, it does. I think everyone should dance a little every day. Yeah. So speaking of, are there any moments in your recent memory that have sparked joy for you? Yes. Aside from my dancing. Um, I um, Shout I, out to Dance Fix. I'm a dance fixer. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um, this weekend, I guess it was Friday, there was a big rainstorm overnight. I woke up, and uh, all of the plums in my front yard on the plum tree had fallen. First of all, you have a plum tree? What? I have a plum tree in the front of my apartment. Um, I'm a renter. It's Are not really my plum tree. but plums? Yeah. Like by humans? Absolutely, yeah. I didn't know stuff like that yeah, grew they're around like, here. I don't know. A little smaller than a tennis ball. Oh. Um, so many, so many. Wow. And I was just like, all right, I either have to put these all in the garbage because the flies and the bugs are going to get right. them and it's going to really stink, mm-hmm. or I'm going to take them. So I gathered up what was salvageable, and I had about 12 pounds of plums are in my kitchen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I literally had a huge Whoa. salad bowl full of plums plus another a couple other little bowls. And I don't even really like plums. I, I mean, yeah. I guess I would never really like buy plums, right. but I had them, and they were, they were all right. So I was like, I'm going to try to do a pie. So I made plum pie for Father's Day, and we attempted to make plum jam preserves. Yeah. Uh, but I went out to the bar, and Hayes <laughs> stayed home. <laughs> fell asleep and the plum jam burnt. Oh, dang so it. So we didn't get to taste that. But there are a lot more plums to come, so we'll have those. But that was an incredible moment. That's like, cool. I walk outside my door and there's all this fruit Just on the ground. Just a bounty. It was of, great. I, and we were like, I didn't know that yeah. could happen around here. Yeah. 
I felt really uh, urban, like not being so surprised by it and being like, wow, I can eat this. This is cool. Yeah. (laughs) It grew outside and now I can eat it. Yeah. (laughs) So that was inspiring and I'm certainly going to have uh, my own garden and fruit trees Good for you. Heck yeah. (laughs) Heck yeah. I won't tell you about the bastard squirrel that ate my little herb garden off my fire escape. Aww. I know. So it was like two days after I planted it too. I was, I almost cried. I bet. (laughs) I was like, my days. Oh no. (laughs) So it's been great learning about you. Where can people find out more about you, about Brush Factory, about BFF? Um, online, actually. You can go to brushmanufactory.com and you can find us on Instagram a lot at <laughs> Brush Factory. You can find me, Rosie Kovacs, at Instagram. And we're also on Facebook as well. Cool. Well, thanks for coming down and chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll see you this next time. Great. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.